As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to this week's episode of Why Always Us, a Manchester City podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all good. All good. How's it going? I'm not too bad, thanks. Feeling uh, feeling refreshed and ready to go. So uh, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's crack on with it, shall we? That makes one of us. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, right now, you can get 30% off an Athletic subscription by using the code MANCITYPOD. You'll get access to loads of great football writing about City and beyond, and you'll get ad-free podcasts as well. Sam, uh, what have you been working on? I saw you've done a big piece on the defence recently. Yeah, uh, that was published on Monday. Um, I mean, I always had it in my head. That, so after the West Brom game, I kind of went like, not vague, but general. So after the West Brom game, it seems like a long time ago now, but City weren't playing particularly well. And that game was arguably the worst of the season. Um, and I was like, right, let's just go down the route of why don't they look like themselves? And I, and it wasn't like an excuse for them. And it wasn't, um, and it wasn't like criticism either. It was just, well, they haven't got, David Silva, they haven't got Aguero, they haven't got Fernandinho in his usual position. So, you know, these are the changes they've kind of had to make. And I was kind of very much thinking of that as a part one. And then part two was going to be, well, they're playing this more defensive style now and they're kind of adapting it a bit. And, you know, this is just maybe the city we have to get used to. But after that West Brom game, they've kind of sprung to life. So I've started writing quite a bit about, oh, this is how they've done it. And they, they look new, they look refreshed and this, that and the other. But I thought, I do actually need to address the defensive changes that they've gone through. and The fact and that they've got the best defence in the league so far. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And obviously since that Spurs game, they've gone on that amazing run. Is it three goals conceded in 13 games? And not many of those goals of any consequence. Well, only the West Brom one, really. And that you couldn't really blame them for. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it needed to be looked at in depth. So got a few stats and, you know, asked Guardiola a few things and took quotes from the last few weeks and pieced it all together and tried to explain it that way. So that's that's up already. Um, what I'm working on for next week is um, a piece on Guardiola's 50th birthday. So he'll be 50 oh, is that coming um, up? <laughs> next Monday. Yeah. Um, so the way I think we're thinking of doing it is, you know, break it down into, you know, 
in in 2011 he was going to be 40 and what was ahead of him then and in 2001 he was going to be 30 and what was ahead of him then and all and all this kind of stuff um but what i've done i've just i've just gone on el pais the spanish website spanish newspaper website um and i found a load of the articles he's wrote for them well it's, i don't know how many there are probably about 10 maybe 15 um a couple in 1994 only a couple but when he was at the world cup in spain it's just it does i reckon he must have done more but they haven't made it to the website and there's a few that he's done in the world cup in 2006 when he was watching and they're brilliant they're just they're so good and um, there's one about england playing paraguay and he's talking about how good peter crouch is um how rooney's not there he talks about lampard and gerard and how they work together he was like they, he was like they need a a chubby i mean he could have been working for the bbc at the time but he was like they need a chubby alonso they need a a Macaulay to kind of the Spanish expression is to to get out of the car. I think that means to to allow them to get forward. And he was like, he was like, somebody <laughs> you play using that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll catch on. Maybe I won't translate it in a different way. I'll just leave it in like that because I'm I'm sure I'll use that. Um, and he was like, I was I was speaking to a player who played for Ericsson, Sven Goran Ericsson in Italy, and he said how he likes what was it to the two the two central midfielders never to um never to break up basically to stay in front of the defense but he was like in Lampard and Gerard you know sometimes one of them goes sometimes both of them go and he goes it's good for a coach to be able to let the players kind of do what they want even if they don't believe in that way of playing themselves and there's just loads of interesting things he, t- he talks about um Le, who's who was a center back Terry and Ferdinand he was like they didn't have to do anything he was like I guess apparently they didn't even they didn't even need to have a shower after the game he was like they weren't tested at all they played the whole game it was as if it was a Premier League game um and then he was like, it was four four two against four four two, like two systems against each other. He goes, the defenders defended, the midfielders played in midfield, and the forwards played up front. Um, that like that was it basically. That sounds like um, his nightmare, though. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he wasn't necessary. Like he wasn't. He wasn't criticizing England. He was just kind of talking about it as it was. A bit like I was saying, hopefully, about the West Brom analysis. I wasn't <laughs> criticizing them for reacting badly to not having Silva. And I wasn't saying, oh, I feel sorry for them because they haven't got David Silva. It was just, well, this is how it is. This is how I see it. And I think what he was doing then was, this is just how that game was. And it was quite amusing. And then he talked about Argentina. Um, there's another one about Mexico with Ricardo La Volpe. That is great. Um, I'm Hopefully I'll be able to find some more, but I think this might be the extent of it. And I know I've talked quite a lot there, but it's genuinely in my boring life, quite exciting. As long as you don't miss out the story of him nearly joining City on uh, under Stuart Pearce, then I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, I'll have to put that in. Have, oh, yeah, that was, that was it. Again, it, with the England game, it was like it was like a Premier League game. It was like, with a, because with the exception of Arsenal, it was just like how they play in the Premier League. So loads of like, little little things like that. Um, yeah, 4-4-2 and not much control in midfield and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll get that. Stuart Pierce story. It's got to go in there, mate. It's got to go in. Uh, if you want... Uh, well, if you want to have a read of that, then just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod and you'll get 30% off your subscription right now. So this week, Sam, I wanted to talk about Sergio Aguero. It's been a bad six months for him, all told, since he picked up a knee injury in the first game of Project Restart back in June. Uh, since then, he's managed 260 minutes across nine games, scoring twice, and he's yet to complete a full game. He had been due to start the game against Birmingham, as Pep Guardiola said in the pre-match press conference. Yesterday we turned really well. Today was off. 
if tomorrow feels good, he's going to play, yeah. But then, as Guardiola confirmed after the match, he'd not been able to because someone he'd been in contact with had tested positive for coronavirus, meaning Aguero had to isolate. Yeah, unfortunately, was in contact more than usual. For one person, is positive, so that's why must be isolated for a few days. Now, that doesn't necessarily rule him out of the coming games with Brighton and Crystal Palace, as, as Guardiola has said. I don't know exactly because he has been tested like all of us six times in next last 10 days, 15 days. So he's negative. I think today is negative too. So, but the protocol said um, in some cases isolated. And in other cases, uh, we are in touch with people and we are still playing football. So... But in that case, he could not be, unfortunately, able to play to play today. But it is nevertheless frustrating because it's taken so long for us to get to the point where he is available again. Um, if Guardiola is worried about the striker's recent injuries, though, he's certainly not saying so. Uh, this is what he had to say about uh, the lack of Aguero in the side recently. Only myself, only me knows uh, how I miss him. So just look at the numbers, the quality that he has in the box. Sergio is unique. So unfortunately, has a, a tough, tough injury, really tough. And uh, the important is that the feeling is his mood is exceptional. I would say better than ever. So it's an important part of the group. It's incredible love. And the important is the the feeling that the last two weeks, ten days, two weeks, his knee's reaction was really good after the training. And this is the best news that we can have. And so while goals haven't been so much of a problem recently as they have been a few months ago, uh, you'd still rather have Aguero in the side than not, wouldn't you? Um, uh, I think his situation possibly is quite interesting though, Sam, because right now he can begin talking to other clubs with his contracts up at the end of the season. Um, so he's kind of in this this really odd position at the moment, isn't he? Where he, he's not getting into City's team through injury and then COVID-related uh, issues. Uh, he He's in a position where he's, you know, he, he's not going to be caught in interest from other clubs. But there's going to come a point where a decision needs to be made on his future. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the news seems to be that there's been no contact yet. Um, I I don't know exactly how that was worded in the report. I just heard that it had been reported and then a bit around it that you know his representatives have been saying that um, there's they hadn't heard anything for a few months, which is unusual um, because I think it's fair to say the city usually handle these things well. You know, they normally manage these exits well. Um, I don't think it will get to the stage where, you know, like you always hear that story about, was it Leon Osman at Everton found out he was leaving the club because it was on Twitter or something like that. You know, it, it's not going to be that situation. But it does seem strange that it's got to this point now in January where he can speak to other clubs and the info coming out of, you know, his camp. And he's always kind, he's always pretty clever, really, Aguero. You never hear from him when things are fine in terms of stuff coming out in the press. But when there's, you know, when Guardiola first came and there was those few little doubts between uh, Guardiola and Aguero there, you know, that was when you heard from him more. He did a few more media interviews. There was more information coming out. And, you know, I know that firsthand, speaking to his guys. That's how it seems to be. So it is interesting that that little snippet came out last week. I I do think that City... there's. There's no way they could drop the ball on it. I'd be so amazed with how City try and do these things and do things in the right way, especially regarding their players. I'd be amazed if they let it rumble on and it became a big issue. I'm sure they will sort it out in the best way, but whether that means they communicate to him, look, it doesn't make sense you know, football-wise because of the injuries and it doesn't make sense financially because we want to 
go and sign all these players to keep you around. Uh, they may well say it might, it might have to be a David Silver situation where he leaves with no fans, but then he comes back and they do something really special when there's fans allowed in the stadium, something like that. Um, maybe they could do like a, an Aguero versus Silver eleven. <laughs> or, or, or would you you'd want two nights out of it though, wouldn't you? As a you would, yeah. Um, um, well, I, I was yeah, going to say be... do it in the right way, but at the moment it's a very strange situation. Well, I was going to say that while we're on his contracts, have a listen to this. This is uh, the Athletics' David Ornstein in his Q and A video from last week, talking about the fact that Aguero will soon be a free agent. Sergio Aguero is now in a position to sign a pre-contract agreement with a foreign club. His Manchester City deal expires in June. That's the same month that he turns 33, so a big decision ahead for both parties. As far as I know, City are yet to approach Aguero for talks over a new contract. That can change at any moment, but if it doesn't, then he's on his way. Should you be worried? I don't think so. He's been a great servant, one of the finest strikers of his or any generation, but he has suffered from a lot of injuries of late. To my knowledge, he loves it at Man City. He would really like to extend his stay further. And that's a view, I believe, shared by many at the top of the club. But perhaps we should be asking if it's a view shared by Pep Guardiola, because the pair have not always had the smoothest of relationships. Pep Guardiola, having signed a new contract of his own, will be looking to reshape his squad somewhat over the summer. Will that include Aguero or not? City have been linked with a host of top strikers, the likes of Mbappe, Haaland, Kane, Lionel Messi, who of course is a very close friend of Aguero and an international teammate, but I don't have any concrete information on that. So obviously, Sam, we'll come to the uh, replacement side of things uh, in a minute and and kind of uh, how, where City go after Aguero. Um, but it is an interesting point with the, with the recent injury about where both parties are in this at the moment, because it, it's almost like a Hooblink's first situation where Aguero wants to stay. City, by the report there, seem to you know want him to stay. But they need to know if he's going to be, a, a, you know, up to any sort of standard to be able to contribute to the extent that they'll want him to be able to contribute. And he's going to want to want some commitment sooner, sooner rather than later, isn't he? So it's like it's it's almost leading us into this position where we've got the end of the season to find out how well he's responded to it, to, to his to, to his recovery, hasn't we? Yeah, and I mean, I've listened to the audio there. I'd forgot I had also seen it via Orney as well. Um, but when I was talking about the report before, I was talking about um, it coming out from from Jose as well. So yeah, there's two obviously reliable sources on it there. And yeah, I had forgotten that Orney had said it, but that was a pretty good rundown of the situation. And that's why I'm kind of surprised really, because as you say, it makes complete sense. Like there's no point in saying, oh, do you want to stay? Because City don't know what kind of form he's going to be in. They don't They don't really know what kind of fitness he is and, and what he can offer them. Um, and Aguero, I don't know, I suppose he, he can't know too much himself either. But that's why I'm a bit surprised that there has been no contact, if that is the case, and it seems to be. Because you would just think they would say, well, look, we need this is the situation. We need to see how you're going to how you're going to get on. And I mean, maybe that is the situation. Maybe that's what they told them at the start of the season. Maybe that's what they said in August or September. We'll just, we'll just wait and see how, how you react. We, have to, yeah. we, we just have to wait and see. And the fact that you know, the agents haven't heard anything, anything for a couple of months. That way, may well be a statement of fact. You know, sometimes you can, as a journalist, you can get a statement of fact, oh, we've not heard anything for a couple of months. And you can then take that to to mean not whatever you want, but you can maybe take it the wrong way. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure the intention of the message is there. Like, I, I just can't get over the fact, really, that the idea that City would kind of leave him to his own devices and just... Yeah, I take take the risk. I guess that Paris Saint Germain or whoever would would come in and 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 try and sign him if you know Aguero 
you know, for argument's sake, I don't think this is going to happen, but for argument's sake, if Aguero is annoyed and it, it's like another two or three weeks and he hasn't heard anything and PSG make it like a mad offer at the end of the window and for argument's sake, Messi goes to PSG and they convince him with that and by that point, he's back on the pitch and he's scoring loads of goals and City say, do you want to sign a new contract? He's like, well, actually, that's... I'm off. Like, yeah. that, that's what I can't. I can't imagine City would would risk it. So that that's the surprise element. It's, um, it's almost they, they do have to wait. You're absolutely right. They do have to wait and, and see because, like I say, it's not just that there is an element with a player like that and with a player like David Silva and company. There's an element of sentimentality to it, and it's almost like with with no fans. I mean, almost certainly in the stadium at the end of the season. Um, and with everything he's done and the, the way the season's going so far, you just think, oh, what, what, what's it to City to keep him around for another year? But in terms of that squad building, look, what Orny was saying about his relationship with Pep, I think it's fine. And I think as long as Aguero came back and he was at the top level and he was banging the goals in for the last month of the season, I, I would think they would offer him another year. That's well, I was, I was going to come into the, the the relationship side of things because it definitely was strained in the early years. But but Aguero oh, yeah, changed. But... He, he changed as a player, didn't he? That, that like he's he's not the same player that he was under Mancini and Pellegrini for City, and he adapted into what Guardiola wanted. So as soon as as soon as that happened, Guardiola was right. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's that's what I want from a from a centre forward. Yeah, and Aguero was like, well, I'm playing, and and he, you know, yeah, I'm playing and I'm scoring and I'm playing well actually. So fine, like. Uh, that, that's I think that's what everyone does with a manager, isn't it? Like as long as as long as as long as things are going well for the team and for you, then you you carry on, and that's when teams have a bad spell, really, because that stops. But you know, City have been have been fine, really. And in terms of Aguero's, yeah, game time, he's not had any any reason to be upset with what Guardiola's asking of him. They were just a little bit unsure at the start. I think oh, well, this is old ground now, but Guardiola was unsure if Aguero was going to do it, if he was going to run as much as he needed him to. And Aguero was unsure if Pep was going to sign him if he didn't run. So they were kind of positioning themselves a bit to not be at fault if, you know, if something had have happened. Obviously, the third party in this was Manchester City themselves. And I think yeah. Caldoun was like, well, you ain't going anywhere. So even though Pep had the power to kind of get rid of Joe Hart straight away, I think if he had have said, look, we need to sell Sergio, there would have been a serious chat inside the club and they might have even overruled him. Obviously, it didn't come to that in the end, but that was a situation back then. They were a bit wary of each other. I think now they're fine. Like, well, I was going to say that. As long as, as long as Aguero contributes, I think they would give him a new contract, but that's just what they're waiting for, isn't it? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The interesting thing with all of this, uh, I mean, let, let, let's touch on his injury because, um, you know, it's it's 
it was frustrating that he couldn't start against Birmingham because of the COVID issue. Because we've been we've been crying out for him to to get some some vital minutes. I think one of the one of the quotes from Guardiola was, uh, you know, it, however long he can he can go on from from when he starts is good minutes. So if he if he can do half an hour, it's great. If he can do an hour, it's great. If he can do the full ninety, it's great. Whatever he can get, I think. It's great. Yeah, well, the thing the thing is, I know it's a sort of difference. I think he actually came down. I think he said if he does ninety, great. If he does an hour, great. If he does half an hour, great. And he. But you're like the fact that he was kind of descending with the time there, you think, well, if he did only do half an hour and I have to come off, it's not great, is it? It yeah. was just that it was that kind of way that he was kind of managing expectations there a bit. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, he just can't catch a break right now, can he? That's the thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like Aguero is kind of notorious. Well, he's got this reputation at least um, for taking a while to get back into fitness once he's back from injury, and that's something Guardiola said a lot. You know, whereas Jesus and Sterling are kind of fit enough to to start and go again, and maybe it's an age thing. Um, Aguero isn't, but I, at the same time, I don't remember Aguero being out for this amount of time either. So there probably is a bit of concern at City that even you know when he's out for two or three weeks, it takes him a couple of games to get back into it. When he's out for six months, who knows? Kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, again, we're going back round in circles. What they're waiting for is to see how he. How he reacts to see if he's fit enough to play the second half of the season, because now it will be the second half of the season, not the last two thirds of it. Um, to see what kind of form he's in. I mean, and maybe see what's going on with other signings as well. But uh, I, uh, yeah, like I say, I could be completely wrong here, but I, I do think that if he is in any kind of form and fitness for the second half of the season, they'll give him an extra contract. And it might not necessarily need to be as much money as he's on at the moment. And if Aguero is happy staying at City, which not all he says, and I think everybody seems to believe is the case, he will be happy to stay at City. I don't think it'd take a massive cut, but it need not be the exact same kind he's got at the moment. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, I suppose the rest of the ins and outs and the, the ifs and buts are probably saved for the the conversations about who who could possibly come in. Well, I, I just on kind of any potential uh, extension, just be, just before we go back to the injury. I mean, it, it, it almost kind of it's almost like a testing ground now. This this next kind of few months to find out first off the length of the contract that he's offered, because I mean, it also like like uh, David Olsen said, he's thirty three soon. Um, it's it's not not just a case of I'll give him an extra year, is it? Uh, or is I it? Know. I don't know. I think so. I don't. I don't see why not. I think that would make sense, um, because you've got that small element of sentimentality whereby, hopefully, oh God, hopefully, think fans are back in the stadium at least by the end of next season. Surely, a full stadium by then, once all the vaccinations are, are sorted, you would think. Um, so there, there's that element of sentimentality to it. But I, I do think, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they offered him two years. If they do get round and he's fine form-wise, fitness-wise, and they do get round to offer him a new contract, I'd be surprised if it was two, unless it was another year with an option for another. That That's the most likely. That's I'd the be most, surprised yeah. if they gave him two. I think one would be fine because it's like, well, you're still fit enough. You still give a lot to the team. you still got goals in you, and you've got the extra year. You can stick around. Fans will be back. Uh, and like, you might help us with the transition. It might be one of those where, look, you're not going to play every game. Uh, look, we don't know what's happening with Fernandinho either. But this season, Fernandinho has been a very helpful backup hasn't he he's not played all the time at centre back he's certainly not played all the time in midfield um, but whenever he's been called on to do a job he has done very well and that might be the kind of case with Aguero if they get a striker in it might be look you might not earn quite as much money as you were on you might not play as much as you, you wanted but 
you know, you can keep living your life here in Manchester. We'll look after you very well. You will certainly play enough. And this is the offer. Have another year. Take let's, it from there. Yeah, let's see where we are. Um, just on the injury, is there, uh, is there any lessons to be learned from from how ben- Benjamin Mendes reacted to a, a meniscus injury in his knee? Not well. I mean, medically, I don't know. Obviously, obviously. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, um, but but in terms of like lessons to be learned, I think, from, yeah, from our point of view, um, we need to maybe realise, and this is probably what's happened a few times over the last few weeks. When we've expected him to be on the bench and he's not been, and I kind of suspected initially that this might have been the case on on Sunday, but obviously it wasn't. It was the COVID thing. But I've mentioned it before, and again, a bit like a broken record. But when Mendy had it. You know, he'd already recovered from an ACL, and obviously ACL, everybody thinks, is the worst injury ever. You know, that's that's the one. But nowadays, players can recover from that. And once you're recovered, you're recovered. You know, it sets you back and it's difficult, but you're recovered. The problem with the meniscus for Mendy was, once he'd recovered from that, because the cartilage was taken out of his knee because of the operation, um, there was more friction building up in the knee, and it would swell. So he'd be feeling good. He'd be like, yeah, fine, I'm, I'm over it, training well. And then on the Friday... Or the, you know the Saturday morning, then he would swell up and he wouldn't be able to play. So I would think that's probably happened with Aguero a few times. That's why he's been out for six months because yeah. you know he has been fit, he has been back. But there's obviously you know hamstring injury. I think he got at the West Ham game, was it? Which will be related. You know, you get muscle injuries after you have a knee problem. That's fairly well known. Um, and I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he had that kind of swelling up. Um, so that in terms of lessons to learn. I think for us, just to be wary of that, but that clip you played of Guardiola saying the best news is, what did he say, the last 10 days, 20 days or two weeks or something? Yeah, it's like he a fortnight like, yeah. He was like, the knee's been in really good condition. Like, he's been good and like his mood is as good as ever, um, which is maybe another part of it because I think with Mendy, he was feeling good, feeling like, right, I'm on a run of games now and then it would swell up and you know, you'd, you'd be down with that, wouldn't you? Um, so I think if Aguero, the knee's feeling good, he's feeling good. That's you know that's that's why it was so annoying he couldn't play against Birmingham because he seemed primed to to make a bit of a comeback. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the lesson really. The meniscus, and not just for this, but if any City player or any other player for your national team or whatever gets a meniscus injury in future, like be wary of that because even when they're back, it's going to take them a while to get back to to full fitness and back to a, like a consistent run in the team. Yeah, I mean, even if even if Aguero has to to adapt his game a little bit as a player because of uh, of dealing with the injury. How much is it worth persevering with with that with, with that version of Aguero alongside Gabriel Jesus, or do they need to get his replacement in and get hit, get the no, replacement working alongside Aguero as well? Yeah, well, that's tricky because I mean, what would a, a different uh, scale back version of Aguero be at this stage? Like less mobile, that would be the penalty box Aguero that was so good for. You know, Mancini and Pellegrini and Atletico Madrid, but it wasn't enough for Pep, was it? That's why they wanted to change him. They wanted him to do to offer more outside the box, more running for the team, more pressing, make better runs off the ball, be more involved in the game. You know, I spoke to Dominic Torrent about a few articles over the last year or so, and you know, we talked about when you know Torrent and Pep were at, at Barca, uh, no, at Bayern, sorry, and they obviously played that famous game at the Etihad against City, and he was like, "Look, you know, Aguero, for you know, for." For 85 minutes, he's not in the game at all. And then, he, and then he kills you. But they didn't want that. They didn't want somebody to not be in the game at all. They wanted someone to be in it 100%. And you know that's probably the issue. If he can't be involved in the game, if the injury problems do carry on, it's easy to believe then that he won't get a new contract. Yeah. But like this, this, and this is why they can't really do anything now. Like, again, we keep coming back to the same point, but they can't do anything now because that kind of scaled back version of Aguero that you mentioned, and is it worth persevering with? 
I mean, yeah, like I say, mate, I was talking earlier about Aguero being in there next season, maybe alongside a new signing and playing less. But I think that would be an Aguero who could still get around the pitch, but not, I don't know, not play every game. I, I, I'm not sure if that would work with an Aguero who couldn't get around the pitch. I, yeah. I, I don't think that is what Guardiola wants and needs. And again, after a 3-0 win against Birmingham, when he played basically the strongest team available, um, there, there aren't any games when he just thinks, you know what, we can get by without the centre forward running in this game. You know, there'll be very few of those. So yeah, that that's when things start to get tricky. And that's and that's again to emphasize the point. That's why so much depends on him proving his his fitness in the next few weeks and months. Well let's let's look at this from the other end of the telescope then in that case. Uh because uh, uh, I don't know, but we'll find Does out. That make things smaller? Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't really know how it works, but it's I, it's a phrase I've I've heard elsewhere, so I've just thought I'd roll with it. Um but Guardiola has obviously, as as again, as David Ornstein said, he's he's he signed a new deal. He's uh, he, he, you know, if he sees out the contracts, he'll have done seven years at City. Um, he's going to be in a position where he might want to reshape the team in this summer, in this coming yeah. summer. Um, could uh, how does that work in light of of Aguero's recent injury? Is it is it a case of, of Guardiola going well? I'm I'm actually I'm actually going to you know I'm going to do a, a a really big reboot on this. We're going to need you know four or five new fresh faces and just change things. Or is it a case of kind of drip feeding in the changes that he wants to make? Well, I, yeah, I don't know if the time is for like, is the time now for drip feeding. Like Guardiola would have had five seasons at City, and you know they tweaked it a bit with you know they brought in Rodri one summer. Um, and they brought in Mares another, and they were like, oh, just just minor tweaks here or there. And then in the summer, they didn't quite get what they wanted, but fuck me, in Diaz, it's worked out. Um, and you know, Torres is one for the future and that kind of thing. But you know, they're still they they are still at a stage now where it's like, okay, well, they need a left back, they need a striker. Um, look, it's going very well at the moment, but um, probably a David Silva replacement. Let's just, I mean, we could leave it at that for now. Um, but I don't think it would make sense for City or for Guardiola um, to think, oh, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll do it in drips and traps. He's been here five years. Christ knows how long more he's going to stay. Obviously, he's got that longer contract. But we saw what happened last season. You know, things can not fall apart because they didn't, you know, City weren't a disaster, as I've said many times. They were still very good, just not at the top. But things can fall apart relatively very quickly. And Christ, again, this season, I mean, we might have thought they'd, you know, fallen apart again. I I did think they were on that downward <laughs> I thought, trajectory I, again. I thought earlier in the season they'd fucked the season completely and look at them now where they are. Yeah. It's like- I know, I know, I know. I mean, I suppose what you can say for that is we we tried our best to believe even when <laughs> even when we actually didn't. So, I didn't I mean, believe a thing, mate. <laughs> you kind of yeah, I know. But we were trying to say, oh, it might be fatigue, or you know, they might find like like the whole conversation about Guardiola's contract. I was like, well, he's still the, he is the best man for the job. I mean, I just don't know where this improvement's going to come from, but like it has come. So fine. And shut up. And this is why, you know, Guardiola knows more than me, as I say on every podcast. And <laughs> that's why it's stupid. That I have to fucking judge what he does every weekend. Cause who the fuck am I? Um, so yeah, um, things can fall apart quickly. Things can change quickly. And I don't think, and look, whether Guardiola staying for one year or two or whatever, I'm sure city will now be planning for that next kind of generation because, You've got the clutch of 
idols and heroes in you know Zabaleta and Silver and Hart and Company and Sore and Aguero. And then you've got the next batch from our 2013, 2015, you know, Fernandinho, De Bruyne, Sterling. Obviously, over the years, they they you know they've changed how they want to play by, by bringing in Rodri. There's other players, but you would think now would be the time to kind of really accelerate that, bring in more youth, more quality, um, and you know, kind of establish your place for the next few years, which they've done kind of in two stages already. And I think this is probably now now time for the third stage. Um, I mean, I'm kind of reluctant. I'm going to be very careful with my words because I don't want to get aggregated to death, which happened with the De Bruyne contract last week. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I appreciate that, like, in the end, you know, the well, I've heard from very reliable sources that the money was there last summer. And I think we did see that with with Koulibaly and Messi and those names on the table. There was money to spend, but in the end, it didn't happen. Um, the talk, obviously, in other places, you know, when I had that week off and Guardiola signed the contract, there was good stories from Paul Hurst and Paul Bayus in the Times. I think Jack did something as well in the mail. It was all about, you know, with Guardiola on board now, City think they can get the targets they need in the, in the summer. And I was like, well, why didn't they just do that in the summer just gone? Um, but seemingly the plan, summer just gone, came to be focus on growing the CFG in terms of the French clubs and the Belgian club. God, did I say this last week? Um, and then and next summer will be the big spend. And now, immediately, if you're dubious because you're thinking, even I've lost faith in myself at this point, but also I'm kind of lost faith a bit in, in City to go and it'll be all right next time. Do you know what I mean? After not getting Maguire, yeah. like, oh, it's right, it'll be all right next year. And they didn't get Jorginho, it'll be all right next year. You know, that that kind of way of doing business. I, I've, I'm not so certain that they will do this big spend in the summer. And that hopefully I've, talking, I've talked for long enough now that this can't possibly be condensed into a tweet by City Chief. <laughs> well, we'll find out um, in, uh, in, well, we in, in about, about three or four well, hours. Where, so. well, how, well, however he does it, it'll be wrong anyway. Um, the other ones aren't so bad. But um, yeah, it, the time it seems in the summer, and again, I'm going to, aggregate proof this myself by saying by what other others have reported as well the time seems in the summer to be city are going to kick on and they're going to make that big investment that they couldn't make in 2020 because of covid and because of other things and you know the business decisions involved in that um so yeah i know this is the longest answer possible but i i don't think that all the people above him could afford to be like Okay, well, we'll maybe just get one and see what happens. Or, oh no, well, we tried to get a left back, but we weren't really bollocks to all that. This is the time they need to do it because Guardiola isn't going to be around forever. I think he's proven already he's got the ability. Look, even the intention to change. Like this is what I've said about the West Brom game, kind of with a bit of hindsight. The game was crap, but at least he was trying. You know, we talked about people moaning about the double pivot. Like, it wasn't a double pivot, like, and when it was, it's was because he was attacking with like both fullbacks. He was throwing people forward, so. The best thing about this season is not just the result in the last couple of weeks, but it's the intention from Guardiola to to play a better football. And obviously, it works. So he's shown that he's kind of he can reinvent City's game even without you know Silver and Fernandinho and, and Aguero. He's doing that. He's not going to be around forever. He's already been here five years. It feels like you know one was lost last season. They're going to hope this season that another one isn't lost. The time will be to to make sure they they set down a marker. And bring in, you know, 
everyone's listening to this. We've not said his name yet, but everyone's got Haaland in their head. <laughs> everyone's got Haaland in their head. Well, um, they're going to need I, to bring in like. But the, th- the thing is, I don't know what the city fan base would be like if Haaland went to another club. And I, and this, you can say the same for United fans or Real Madrid fans. Like everybody in the world wants Haaland, and only one club's going to get it. And like, there is no. I mean, there are alternatives. You can get other players, but like, there is no player that you can get that's going to alleviate that feeling of missing out. That said, they City got Diaz in the summer. He wasn't necessarily first choice and he came to England and not a lot of people were convinced. You know, I spoke to people in, in Portugal who said he was great and we put our article out and that was fine. But there was a lot of City fans I know in particular who thought, I'm not sure about this guy. And obviously he's turned out to be better than anybody could have hoped. And that's what you'd have to do if you didn't get Haaland. But that initial kind of despair of not getting Haaland is going to be incredible because there's going to be millions of football fans over the world who want him. Yeah. It's going to be some it's going to be some race, but that's going to be yeah, and the the other way of putting it is if City don't get Haaland, they're going to have to have someone special up. Well, I, the I, fact I would... that they have the fact that they did get Diaz kind of tell kind of restores a bit of that faith actually that they will do it right. But the other thing is you're living up to Aguero here. And like yeah. poor old Gabriel Jesus, great player, not as clean, well, nowhere near as clinical as Aguero, but a very good player. But every time he doesn't score or doesn't play particularly well, it's not just Aguero would have finished. He's that. a good player for us. It's like, well, he's not Aguero, is it? It's like, well, just forget Aguero for a minute. He's not going to be Aguero. Is this guy good enough to play for Man City? I think so. Um, you know, he's got time to grow and be more consistent, but I think so. But forget about him being Aguero. So that's going to be an issue for whoever comes in, unless it's like Harlan. I don't know about Mbappe. Mbappe. Like it seems like Real Madrid have got. Like proper first dibs on him, um, but yeah, if it's not Haaland, they're going to have to get somebody in who, who can score as many goals as Aguero and hits the ground running straight away. So, yeah. <laughs> simply, you. simply find the player that scores as many goals as Aguero and hits the ground running. That's the yeah. Yeah, that's the task there. Yeah, no um, at all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was actually going to slip the show into into like fourth gear and and just kind of put my foot down on the on the transfers thing, but you, see, you hit the nuclear button on that one quite early there. Um, because uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, I, I know the uh, the the big. Well, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. This is just this well, is stuff I've, I've read from other journalists. So fair enough. Um, In fact, that didn't even work last week. I was talking about fucking Crystal <laughs> Story, and I got the stick, stick for it. Well, I'm um, playing United this week anyway, so I won't get blamed. You'll, you'll be all right on that one. Um, obviously, the big transfer news of uh, last summer was the. Will he won't see with uh, Lionel Messi and, and coming oh, to City. Good, uh, well, but the, but this is the thing though. Now <laughs> is um, Messi Aguero same window out of contract at the same time. Yeah, um, imagine they both went to they both ended up in Barcelona or PSG or something. It would be the awful, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Like that, that's another part of it, obviously, which we didn't mention in, in the Aguero thing. So I, I mentioned the sentimentality of it for the extra year if he can still contribute. Christ, if he can still contribute and give him an extra year so there's fans in the stadium and, you know, how, how Messi settled into life in Manchester. Would, no would, Messi, would Messi sign if Aguero was, uh, if it was announced Aguero was leaving? Um, I, mean, I think so. I'm not saying 
that's the only possible outcome. Um, I, I don't think that will be a deal breaker. Um, just you'd, you yeah, would no, rather you'd rather they work together, though, wouldn't you? I mean, that's yeah, the, I mean, that's of, course, the dream. of course you would. Yeah, but at the same, it's like it's like any of us in in a job. You know, if we were moving, um, you know, it it would have you know it would be better if Jack Gorn came and covered Man City with me at the Athletic, but he didn't. But I came anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you 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 just you do what's kind of best for yourself. It would be even better if your mate was there as well. But um, if he's not, well, it's just that's life, especially in football as well. You know, things are so transitory, and maybe less so for for these two guys who have been in the same clubs for more than ten years. Um, but it, I don't know. You, yeah, like at their stage of the career, they would, you know, for argument's sake, Aguero could say, "Well, I want to go somewhere else. It's best for me." And Messi's like, "Well, you know, I need to go somewhere else. It's best for me." And you know, Aguero might decide to leave hypothetically, and. Messi might decide to come hypothetically, you know, or you know, worst case scenario, they both say, "Do you want to go and play with Neymar for a year in Paris?" And that would be dreadful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Don't do that to me. Um, you obviously you mentioned uh, Haaland uh, a minute ago. There He's is the boy, isn't he? He's ridiculous. Yeah, but that there is um, that there was the story from Martin Blackburn in the Sun recently about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, about City having the the Sancho uh, sell on clause and possibly using that to negotiate with Dortmund. The thing that struck me though that, that is is what's the relationship like with Rayola and, and Guardiola? Yeah. Um... This is the thing, isn't it? This is the. Uh, uh, this is still part of my job room, I suppose. I don't know why I just don't fucking do it. But um, someone to just say, look, just find out will they negotiate with him? But it's. This is probably the element of, on Twitter. This is what everyone's wondering. But like, for Martin Blackburn to have written that story, you know, Martin ain't guessing. You know, if if Martin if crops up with a story about city transfers, then you pay attention. I've said this yeah. before about various people in the past. So the fact that he's saying that, then I, you know, oh God, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the right word. I can't really say I know it's come from a good place because I can't know that. But at the same time, I don't want to say I assume because I don't think he would like he wouldn't have made it up. But yeah, you, tr- you trust him. It's trust. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I trust him that he's come from a good place. And therefore, if if it's got to the stage where they're thinking, well, we've got this this clause with Dortmund, which might help us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's already gone past the element of we'll deal with Rayola. They're already, if they're thinking about signing him, they're not going to suddenly go, oh, we've reached an agreement with Dortmund for 100 million. Oh no, the agent. Uh, <laughs> you know, Why did will, nobody mention this before? Yeah, exactly. You know, So what I'm trying to say in my usual long-winded, nonsensical way is it looks like, and I don't know, it, it looks like they've decided that it, is, it isn't going to be a problem. So, and you know, in, in a couple of years ago, it was a problem. They, as far as I know, they didn't get delict because they didn't want to deal with him. And if if it shows that they're willing to deal with him now, and you know, they're, they're thinking about this clause, etc., you know, then it looks like. Don't quote me on this on Twitter. It looks like just from reports I'm seeing elsewhere, it looks like they're banging for him. <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, it it looks like I say it looks. Um... If they're willing to go that far, it, it looks it, it, it's, it's a show of what they believe he can he can offer to City. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, I'm, like all I'm doing at the moment is commenting on media reports. So it's like it's not it's no different to what you could get on you know any any podcast from you know just fans around the world watching. And, and but that that's that, that's how it seems to me. Like, that I, I I know they're going to kind of try and push for a big investment this summer. From what you see about Haaland, and yeah, it's it certainly nobody said it explicitly, but it doesn't look like there's going to be a problem with dealing with Raiola in terms of trying. You know, they're willing to, 
But I suppose what I would say is, you know, they were willing to negotiate with De Laurentiis, weren't they? Yeah. Indirectly in the summer, but but out of that pan out. So there there will be, you know, dangers along the road. And I don't think anybody's getting the Haaland, well, I dare say, what number would he even take? <laughs> Nobody's getting the Haaland <laughs> 10 shirts printed. Yeah, um, of course. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, there's going to be a hell of a race for him. But I mean, do they even know if he's available yet? Like, would they even sell him? I don't know. I'm just trying to think what what number his dad wore in in 2001. <laughs> if he go, go for that father son link, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Do, I mean, do you know? You must know off the top of your head. I, I'm I I I don't. I'm I'm having to look it up now. I think it was 14. It's 15. Oh, there we go. Oh, well, that's good because I, I had 14 in my head as well. I don't know why. Uh, and God, God, no, I have no no business knowing that. Um, yeah. Um, it's going to be it. And the, the other element to it of, oh, when when does his claws kick in? Bollocks of that. Like if, you've, if you have got the money and you, 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 you have got some leverage over the selling club, don't worry about the claws. Just, just get it done. Because like yeah. I say, the, there's a hell of a race going on. And also, if City are lucky enough to have those funds available while the biggest clubs in the world, including like Barca for sure. Don't. And Real Madrid in particular don't. Just do it. Don't give don't give them a year to get the revenues back up. Like you've got you, you've got to do it. And like even United, I mean, God knows, like we haven't seen City's books yet. Um, but the fact again, the fact they're looking at Messi so closely suggests they're going to be fine. Um, but you know, United have lost a lot of money as well. And in the summer, they didn't. You know, the Sancho thing kind of dragged on. It was a bit of a mess. But yeah, just if if, if your rivals are scrabbling around for the cash and waiting for a clause to come in in twenty twenty two, and you've got the money to do it in twenty twenty one, then. Just get it done. That'll be their best bet. Yeah. Um, Sam, thank you very much. That's the end of this week's Why Always Us. Yeah, that was, that was, that was entertaining, wasn't it? It I was good fun. That, that transmits to, yeah, the listeners enjoying it as well. So, yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, Mooney. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to sign up to The Athletic right now, then you can get 30% off using the code MANCITYPOD. Mm-hmm. 